Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Bundle Buzz. I'm Cassie and I'm joined by my sister Jackie. Hi Bundle Buzzers, we are thrilled because this is our final episode of season one and we have a really special guest to you that we're going to get to in a second, but we just want to say we have had a blast bundle buzzing with you. You know, Cassie and I, as creators of a game company, we make these custom games and we get the most exciting stories from our customers, but they're confidential. So we can't share them with anyone. But on this podcast, we've been able to play a live game of bundle with our guests and it's been a blast. So thank you for joining us on this new adventure. And we are so thrilled with the guests we have on today. We are joined by Sasha DeJulian, a professional rock climber. I mean, how cool is that first off? And we're going to brag about it for a second. She's won nine gold medals in international competition, including three gold medals in the USA Climbing National Championships and five Pan American Championship gold medals in IFSC World Championship. And in addition to all of her climbing accomplishments, she's also an entrepreneur. She's the founder of a bar company called Send Bar. So welcome, Sasha, to Bundle Buzz. Thank you guys so much for having me today. I'm so excited that we're doing this. I also didn't realize I was the last episode. So thanks for for the honor. Well, oh, we knew course. we had to go big and you're such a badass. So thank you for, you're, you're really, I mean, I don't know when you get any time to rest. Well, I actually, I, I appreciate that, but I actually sleep in most mornings. Contrary to popular thought, I'm more of a night worker. So mornings I rest more than evenings. Good for you. I mean, we see all your Instagram videos of you lifting heavy things and stuff. <laughs> the rest is well deserved. All right, we are going to play a live game of Bundle, and so we're going to kick off with our very first category called Name 4. So in this segment, Sasha, we're going to ask you to name four things in a particular category, and if you are able to do so, you get a point. Uh Uh-oh. I'm so bad at trivia, but I'm ready. The good thing is the trivia is all about you. So Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> okay. I think I know myself. All right. This is your question. We know you had a really special childhood. You got into rock climbing after you went to a rock climbing gym for your brother's birthday party. And then, you know, you have really supportive family throughout. So your question is, name four of your favorite childhood memories. They can involve climbing or not. Your choice. Okay. Um, one would definitely be skiing with my family. I grew up skiing. I've been skiing since I was two. And that was in Mont-Tremblant, Quebec, one of the coldest places you'll ever experience, but definitely one of uh, my top memories. Two would be climbing in the Red River Gorge. That's a place that I grew up in. It's contrary to popular thought about Kentucky. If you're in the climbing community, you know that that it has some of the most world-class climbing. Um, who'd have thought? Like Kentucky, no offense to Kentucky, but it's random kind of, and it's amazing. Three would be climbing Pure Imagination was definitely a really big turning point for me. Maybe that falls into the second because that was in the Red River Gorge. But it was my first at the time, 514D, which is 9A. Um, 
And that was the hardest climb achieved by a woman to that date. It kind of matched the the history record of Yasune Rezartu, who's the first woman to climb 9A in Spain. I love Christmas. My, I'm actually half Jewish, half Christian. My fam- my dad's family was Catholic, so I got to celebrate both Christmas and Hanukkah. But the family always came together, so um, that's definitely a fond memory of mine. Um, my dad's no longer with us, so I, I guess, like, yeah, these memories are with him. And then maybe fresh of mine was our latest Ascent of Ryu, which was a 514B uh, 8C in Pico de Europa, Spain. Love that, love that, which we'll get more into. But first off, you get a point, Sasha. You're on the board. I think I might have named five. (laughs) You're always overachieving. Something you do such a good job on on your Instagram is you post all these really cool childhood photos of you in the early days rock climbing. And there's such like... Your throwback Thursdays are just amazing because it's you oh. as a little eight-year-old climbing up this rock, and it, it's incredible to see the evolution that you've had. It's great to know that that that's um, that you like those because I'll maybe keep doing them. Or it's hard to believe that I've been climbing for over twenty-three years. Honestly, I just turned thirty, and I'm like, whoa. I feel like time is in this weird vacuum where it's just going so fast. Yeah, I love that your childhood memories are just so interesting and adventurous. I'm like, I went to a roller skating birthday party. Like, it's a little different than Sasha's. So thank you for sharing it with our listeners because you've led a truly incredible life. My mom always went really big for my birthday parties and my brother's birthday parties. Like, in second grade, I had my entire class. I went to the Potomac School in um, McLean, Virginia. I grew up in Alexandria, but she had my entire class go to a trapeze. And then, like, all these random kind of, like, activities that we did. So, yeah, thankfully, she chose for my brother to have a birthday party um, at the climbing gym. And even when I see him now, I'm like, thanks, Charlie, for introducing me to climbing. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) I love that. Well, yeah, like Cassie said, you definitely get a point for that. But are you ready for your next segment so you can get another point because I know you're competitive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to collect these points <laughs> for sure. Okay, great. Our next segment is pick your destiny. Okay. So in this segment, uh, we take information that we know about you and either you're going to get a, a good destiny that we're kind of excited about or one that's not so great. Are you ready? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, it sounds like high stakes. Sasha's destiny. Sasha completes the first female ascent of Ryu with two incredible climbers, Brett Harrington and Melinda Soderlund. Get one point. Sasha, can you tell us a little bit about climbing with these women? I mean, the camaraderie and the female friendship that it must take to complete this must just be out of this world in terms of bonding. Totally. I mean, the bonding experience that you have with someone when you go on an expedition with them is fully all-encompassing. You're spending 24-7 in conditions of waking up in an extreme environment and really working towards a shared common goal, hanging off the side of, you know, a little ledge or um, hanging from your harness on the side of a sheer cliff, eating like 
Sen bar while climbing for hours on end and then cooking freeze-dried meals um, while camping for a month. It's a really special experience that I've had the privilege of experiencing in this last month with Matilda and Brett. And I feel so inspired by both of them. They both came to the table with different backgrounds and the three of us really worked together over the course of the month to accomplish this shared common goal. And I think in the process, we got to know each other a lot better and and just have a lot of really genuine, candid conversations. And I'm really, yeah, grateful for having had the experience that I got to have with them and, and share this really amazing achievement with both of them at the top. Like our summit day was pretty magical. And I think that it was like the cherry on top of this whole journey of being together and starting out from this unknown adventure that we were embarking on to going through the process every day and and shearing off like their hailstorms and lightning and thunder and all of these events that were weather related, even that we kind of collected all these epic memories together, which was really cool. I'm curious, you know, the three of you, I'm sure you have, you know, your similarities and your differences, but sometimes when you're in a group, like people take on different roles, like the encourager or like, did you find that happening within your group or what was that dynamic like? Yeah, definitely. I think that there were different roles that alternated through the days too. Like at the beginning, I kind of crafted the whole expedition planning because it was this idea that I initiated. And then Brett took the reins at one point when it was terrain that she was uh, more experienced on that was like very traditional, adventurous limestone climbing terrain where she took the lead. And then Matilda took the lead in certain ways. Like she is just such an incredible climber that her solving some of the sequences on the most challenging parts of the climb then helped inform me that it was possible. And so over the course of the month that we spent together, I would say that we all got to take on leadership roles at different stages of the expedition and then also be more of the encourager. Like after the summit, we ended up going back to support Brett as she continued to try the crux pitch on the climb. And then it was just a lot of kind of different changing roles that we got to have and and learn from each other's processes. And I, I feel like climbing with a team of women was a really unique experience on this caliber of a climb because we all had to step up to the plate. Not that you wouldn't do that with a male climbing partner, but it was enriching to be in an environment where we all accepted each other as equals. I look at both of these women with such admiration and I feel like I was able to be a part of achieving this goal with both of them because they both inspired me so much over the course of the month. Oh my gosh. It sounds incredible. And yet you definitely get a point for that experience. You're, you're racking Yay, up these points. Sweet. Now we're on to our third segment, which is called Act It Out. In this segment, Sasha, Jackie and I are going to act something out charade style, and you're going to do your best to guess what it is. And we know podcasting is not a visual medium, so we ask that you explain, you know, in real time as much as uh, you can what you're seeing. 
Okay, I'll do the color commentary. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. On the count of three, Jackie, one, two, three. Okay, two words. Um, open and bite. Um, is it eating a send bar? Yeah! Um, Send bars, you got it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so yes, we need to hear all about the company that you co-founded. Tell us about the adventures, the misadventures. Give us the scoop on on what it was like to start a company. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so Sunbars, I'm the founder, and then I have three teammates on the journey with me. But I started making my own bars, like my own nutrition bars, over 10 years ago. Basically, when I started climbing outside more and going on bigger adventures, I had this blender that's called the Blendtec, and it had like a 3.3 horsepower engine blender to it. And I didn't trust a lot of the energy bar really back in the day, like any of the energy bar companies that existed on the market, the bars on the market that exist are so full of all of these ingredients that I don't want in my body. And also it's really hard to actually get greens and fiber, like significant amounts of fiber and fruit and vegetables when you're on the go. And so what I would do is I would develop a nut base, which was just throwing in nuts and dates into my blender and then introduce like freeze-dried spinach or kale or different vegetables and and freeze-dried fruits to add different components to the bars to make them as nutritious as possible while also tasting really good. And then I would like roll them into balls and package them in aluminum foil or put them in like little um, containers. And I'd even mail them out to my friends. And I was doing this even when I was like in a college dorm in New York City. I went to Columbia. And then I'd have these bars that I'd bring on my climbs full of whole food, real ingredients with vegetables and different like superfoods that I'd throw in there. And so anyways, I actually trademarked the name Send Bars back in 2012 when I was like, I really want to create a company someday um, and market these because I think that there's like this massive void in the marketplace for them. But I was a full-time student and I was traveling around the world as a professional athlete. And so there was just never really the right time, the right place. And then uh, two years ago, I underwent five significant hip reconstruction surgeries where I was literally flattened. Like I couldn't really move my body for nine months and I needed a purpose and something to do with my days. And I felt like this was life telling me like now's the time to actually start this passion that's been eating away at you. Because for a long time I was like, well, the world doesn't really need another energy bar company. Like there's a lot of them, but I kept finding that everything that existed, because I've probably tried just about every bar on the market as a professional adventure sports athlete who consumes a lot of bars. None of them taste good that are supposedly healthy for you. And then the ones that are like taste decent are so bad for you. So I'm just, I I feel like now's the time I want to start something. And I was doing this international women's forum uh, conference and I met one of my co-founders who was a former Olympic athlete turned nutritionist and chef, Ariane Jones. And she was diagnosed with Lyme disease. So she had early retirement from sport and went on this massive like food journey about learning what foods would really help her body come back to full capability. And she learned so much about like 
sports science and everything around making food taste really, really good. So I, I told her about the idea and she was in from the get go. Like she was like, this is amazing. This is something that I experienced too, uh, being a professional athlete. And I brought in my friend, Chelsea Balboni, who also went to Columbia and she's just like a wizard in the marketing side. And then our, our fourth member of the team is this woman, Alex Hannafin, who's been a big player in the Boulder food startup world. And I was like, anyone who knows anything about food business, uh, that's Alex Hannafin. So we rounded out and we're four women. We're based in Boulder, Colorado. And um, our bars, it's it's like honestly really exciting for me because we're all whole foods, no additives, no preservatives, no refined sugar, which is something that I cut out of my diet as I was really going through recovery and, and learning all about the foods that are really going to help my body optimally come back from an injury and perform well again. Um, and we have a full serving of greens And we're also performative based with adaptogens. So our lemon cherry bar, which is our perform bar, has cordyceps and lion's mane, which is really great for your immune system, energy, and you know how familiar um, your audience is with adaptogens, but they've been a massive part of my recovery journey. And then our recovery bar is a salted peanut, which has chaga and ashwagandha, which like chaga, for instance, is the highest concentration of antioxidants to any food on the planet. So I could go on forever. Well, you know your stuff. You you know your stuff. There's no doubt about that. And first off, I'm buying these sun bars after we get off this oh, call. Thank you. Because I ran yes. into the same issue. Like I looked, you know, through all the bars, turn over the label, there's 20 grams of sugar in a bar. And it's like, that's equivalent to eating a chocolate bar. I don't want to do that. So I appreciate that you've, you know, created a bar that's not that. And can I just say also that these bars, I sometimes care less about the sugar than I should. The bars that you're talking about, they do not taste good either. So like, it's like you're putting this stuff in your body that isn't good for you and doesn't taste good. So yeah, I'm really excited that now we had this alternative that is going to taste really, really good. Well, that's the thing. I've been like, instead of eating some of these bars, I'd rather eat a Snickers bar. Honestly, I'd rather have a muffin. Like if I'm going to put those ingredients, at least a muffin from the bakery has like, you know, whole ingredients, but has it's packed full of, you know, sugar and none of the ingredients that are actually like, um, not just really empty calories, but at that rate, a lot of the bars in the market are kind of that. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, I have like had this passion that's been eating away at me about starting this for so long. I'm just really excited that we're finally like this baby little company, um, getting our, our wheels on the ground and, and ready for takeoff. Love that. Yeah. And there's so many parallels too, I'm sure to being an entrepreneur to your athletic career too, the ups and downs and the resilience and the dedication it takes. So I'm sure there is actually a lot from your climbing career, which helped you start send bars. Oh, absolutely. I think that sports have been such a big player in my life with, with my experience with climbing like learning how to set goals, learning what it takes to actually go after and achieve them, really significant moments of failure, and then really joyful experiences with success. Like It's all a part of the game. And I think that I've learned a lot of resilience within climbing from 
from the actual like industry itself and building your own brand uh, in a niche sport. Like I had my first sponsor when I was 12 to then also just the, the physical aspect of like pushing through hard times on an expedition or, or whatever the conditions may be. Uh, I think that there's a lot of parallels of sport and business leadership. And what I learned in school, like, you know, time management from climbing helped me inform my life as like a student athlete. So I'm a huge proponent of the way that the that sports have this transformative ability to really enhance youth development. And I feel really passionate and thankful for my experiences in sports because of that. So yeah, I, I think it's been something that I am really grateful for that experience. I love that. Well, well, you get a point, Sasha. You definitely get a point for that. Um, and now over to Jackie for our next segment. Sasha, you're racking up these points. You're making it look easy. It would be funny if you could do all these incredible athletic endeavors and then a game of bundle buzz. You're like, I just can't. But no, you're doing great. Um, so it's time for our fourth segment. Are you ready for a challenge? Oh, man, I'm always ready for a challenge. That's what we like to hear. Okay, so as as you've alluded to a, a little bit and talked about, you have been through it physically. You've had hip reconstruction surgeries, dealt with autoimmune diseases, hypoactive thyroid, but you still radiate this positivity and joy and you're able to do all of these really difficult things. So we want to know if you can share with us and with our listeners what tricks or tips or coping skills exercises that you do, mental exercises to keep yourself going during these really low points? Sure. That's a really great question. I think that mental health is is a subject that we're talking about more today than other um, in the past, but it can't be said enough. Taking care of yourself first. Uh, I know that we opened the podcast and me saying, you know, I actually sleep in, but it's reality. Like I have to listen to my, my natural body cycle a lot. And as much as I like to train hard, I also have days where my body just feels really tired and, and I need to take a day off, even if it's not on my training program. I think at this point, I know that rest is just as important as pushing yourself. So sleep is a huge factor in my life. I'm someone who needs like at least eight hours, but more on average, I get nine hours of sleep. Um, Through my hip recovery journey, which really lasted for uh, like around two years, I'm still very much in it going to PT after this. And I, I have a really great team that I work with. Um, but it hasn't been like a lights off, um, just snap back to normal scenario. Practicing meditation and visualization has been a big part of my day. Um, if I'm working on a climb, like I'll, I'll have a moment where I sit and I think about the different sequences and am actually visualizing myself climbing. And I feel like that's really helped me 
be able to achieve climbs that I've done. Uh, even on my latest expedition with Ryu, visualization was a huge aspect. I'm a big bath person, so I really like to take Epsom salt baths. And I'm a list person too. Like even if I'm talking for some reason, like I have post-it notes where I like have to be jotting down certain words to say on subject. And for my to-do list, like I always have a notepad where I, I like to actually just like cross things off the list. So even if it's something that I've already done, I'll sometimes write it just so I can have that satisfaction of crossing it off the list. Been there, done that. I feel you on that, Sasha. I think developing the habits that are not impossible for you to follow is really important. Like knowing that you need X amount of hours of rest to feel rested or knowing what is going to make you feel revived, like whether it's a bath or um, going to a sauna or going to a yoga class or whatever it may be, sitting on the couch and watching Netflix. Like um, I think that giving yourself time off and being kind to yourself is something that I didn't always do. Like when I was in my earlier 20s, like I would just go, go, go all the time and rest meant stagnancy and it meant that I was not achieving anything. And so I think that changing the way that I see time down as productive as well has been a big factor in me just just learning to take care of my body better. Yeah, I love that you're noting that even just about rest because I'm definitely guilty of this and our whole culture of like this hustle culture and that... um like almost like, oh, I don't sleep at all. I'm wearing it as a badge of honor. It's like, well, that's just not good for your body and not a healthy way to live. And you will burn out. So the fact that you have already at a very young age been able to create this balance for yourself and actually listen to your body and be tuned in. I mean, that's incredible. It's a up and down journey. Uh, I'm still like, if I miss a workout or don't do the entirety of what my trainer told me to do. I I feel a sense of guilt, but I think that there's just times to go and there's times to be um, mindful of your body. And and it's always going to be this journey. Like you you can't be performing 24 seven and climbing is so much about listening to your body and following your true motivation. So if I don't feel driven or passionate about doing something, I'm just, it's hard to find that motivation and dig it out. Um, so I think that I have this privilege to do what I love most days. Um, but it's a fallacy to say that like, I love training every day (laughs) either. I mean, I've been climbing for almost as long as I can walk, but I, and I love climbing, but I, I think it's something that's like, it's not always what I want to do. And sometimes it's just what I have to do. And sometimes I take time off. Yeah. And giving yourself the grace and permission to do that, I think is a real sign of maturity. So definitely got a point for all the wisdom that you just dropped with us. And now it's time for our final segment. This is the final bundle. Okay, Sasha. We know you are a Swifty, is that correct? Oh man, T-Swift, ride or die. Your final question is, 
Which Taylor Swift song or lyric do you feel is most you? Oh, man. I mean, like the rest of our world, I've been listening to Antihero a lot. For me, Antihero... For her latest album, I guess if I'm gonna if I'm gonna narrow myself down among all of the different songs, um, the antihero speaks to me because I'm not like the traditional professional climber in a lot of ways. Um, I've cut against the grain, and I've been told my entire life like you don't look like a climber or whatever whatever that even means, you know. And I think that antihero is all about like kind of cutting against that that normal and and carving your own path and for me that's looked like um embracing all sides of who I am and then because it's the t-swift question I can't just narrow one song um but it's interesting because I've kind of grown up in parallel with her and I feel like each album has come out at such distinctive times in my life where I can really deeply relate to her album and what the message is based off of what I feel like I'm going through in my own life. Like when her album Reputation came out, I was like, yes, there's just so many memories that I have from the early, I think I was in like eighth grade when I went to my first Taylor Swift concert with a bunch of friends from intermediate, which is like eighth grade school. And yeah, I, I, so I guess to answer the, the buzz, the question, probably Antihero is like top of mind for me. That's a good answer. And it's my favorite song on the album. So you definitely get a point. And I love what you said too, about having an artist that is going through the same life stages as you are, and you, every song takes you back to where you were when you were 16 years old and listening to it for the first time. So love that. You went five for five today, Sasha. Couldn't have done better, so congrats. Uh, thank you so much. You guys made it really easy for me, so I appreciate that. And before we let you go, Sasha, I'm sure our listeners have loved hearing from you. Where can they follow you on social media? And what's your bundle buzz? What do you have happening? Because I know you have some really exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. Yeah. So my social is just my full name at Sasha D. Julian across platforms. And then my nutrition bar company is just at Sun Bars. And, uh, Man, what's coming down the pipeline right now? We're filming this this new uh, documentary, which will come out next year, and uh, I'm in the final stages of my book, which is going to come out next year, which is really wild to me. It's been like a long process and a lot of a lot of rereading, editing, turning over stones in my life that I haven't hadn't visited before to write down words on a page. We're, we're actually working on two new flavors for Sunbars too, so that's top of mind. And I am started my new training program, which after each expedition, I kind of take a little bit of time, not necessarily off, but without a, a focal goal to be training for because it, I think it's nice to let my body like recover and, and not be logging back into the gym and just be kind of climbing outside and enjoying it. And now, uh, kind of turning the page and setting my sights on what's to come for next year. Oh my goodness. So many exciting things. So thank you, Sasha, so much for joining and playing bundle buzz with you. We can't wait to continue to follow your adventures. 
Ah, thank you guys so much. Of course. And thank you, Bundle Buzzers, for joining us. We have loved bringing you these conversations, and we'll talk to you soon. Produced by Audiogasmic, LLC.